I think it can be amplified in this lifestyle because once you're in a playing city, the group does do things so often because it's such a huge part of the guys coming and going. It's like the girls camaraderie. It's like your support system when the guys are never home. And for me, this past season, obviously I had my first child and, and it was like still kind of covid like you mm-hmm. had to be pretty careful still this season. Um, and yeah, I definitely felt like even though I was always included and reached out to just so isolated because it's just this new responsibility that felt like only mine. And that was, you know, part of the struggle too, is that like, obviously Riley is a great father and he's doing a wonderful job adjusting, but he just was not there for X, Y, Z, you know, like, and I had my mom for like the first three weeks of Slater's life and then his family came, but then I was Mm -hmm. by myself in a city that I don't know. You're listening to Breaking the Ice Podcast, a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players. My name's Devin Dodaro. I'm the wife of Charlie Dodaro. We have two dogs, a little boy Crosby, and a baby girl on the way. We spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Breaking the Ice podcast. My name is Devin. If you're new here, this is a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players. But ever since this podcast started, it's turned into so much more. There's people that listen weekly that are not a spouse of a hockey player. Some people are just interested in the lifestyle. Maybe you're a friend or a family of the guests that's on for the week. Whatever it may be, wherever you're located in the world, you are welcome here. And I know there's so many options where you can listen to podcasts. So I'm just happy that you're choosing um, Breaking the Ice. So if you've not Listen to other episodes. There are so many amazing guests and women I've had on from all over this lifestyle. So I encourage you to go back, check them out, and really just enjoy. I love listening to podcasts when I'm personally going for a walk or something. It's just nice to throw some AirPods in and and just feel like you're, you know, kind of sitting down and just chatting with people that get you. This episode I loved so, so much. And this episode is also an example of when something is not broken, please do not fix it. So what I mean by that is I have recorded the last two years over Zoom. I've never had any issues, maybe like one or two wonky audio issues, but I have noticed a lot more on Instagram that these podcast platforms, a lot of people are doing video now, and I'm very drawn to that. Like that always captivates me when I'm deciding if I want to listen to an episode on a different podcast that I listen to. And so I was like, wow, that's actually really cool. I would love to incorporate a video element into my Instagram page so people can actually see, you know, me and the guest having an authentic conversation. Like, I love that idea. 
So I tried a different platform and you guys, it was a shit show. Keisha, thank you so much for your patience and bearing with me. It's been (laughs) so crazy to figure out. So like, it was just, the audio was very mismatched. I don't know what was happening. Like it was delayed. There was times like I'm listening to it back where like we kind of start talking over each other, which was like not happening during the actual recording. So just something of the way that the whole thing was picked up, um, it sounded not the best quality. And I was really struggling with it because I was like, I have to publish this episode because I loved it so much. And I just loved this conversation. I feel like it's very relatable. It was very just down to earth. And I love talking to her and I didn't want to have to A, make her re-record and B, have us kind of just have the same conversation again, talking about the same exact things and not having those initial first responses. So I was struggling on, do I put this out because the audio doesn't sound great? Or do I put it out and just hope that you know, people can understand. So I decided to give it my best shot. I ran it through a bunch of different software platforms. I've tried to work on it and sort out the kinks to make it as great as possible for you guys. And, you know, again, this is just life. Like not everything is going to be perfect and smooth sailing. But anyways, I just still really wanted to post this just because I felt that there was so much to gain from this episode. And I know that you guys are going to love it. So Maybe when I'm talking, just turn down the volume a little bit so I don't blow your eardrums out. With that being said, Keisha Sheehan joins me on the podcast, her and her husband, season in Seattle for the NHL. And I love talking to her. They are TBD on where they're going this year, but we really talked about all the things. When we recorded this episode, it was literally a week after they got married. So we chatted all about her wedding, what that was like planning a wedding during a pandemic, and how everything turned out. We talk about how her and her husband are from two different countries and how that worked during the pandemic. Also, just how to plant those roots when you're from different places and decide where you're going to live when you both, you know, feel drawn towards your families and you want to be close to them, especially once you start to bring children into the world. Talk about what it was like going to Seattle, going to a brand new organization. We chat about what a free agent is and what that looks like. We talk about not trying to control the situation when you don't know where you're going. Motherhood, hockey, the ups, the downs, all of that good stuff. So, so many golden nuggets in this conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy. Again, just bear with my audio on this one. Um, It's worth powering through. So, enjoy the episode. Well, first of all, congratulations. You guys literally got married one week ago. Tell me everything. How was the wedding? Was this the date that you guys originally planned? Like, what did this all look like for you? Yeah. So we finally got to have our celebration. Um, We got engaged at least three years in August. So we had already decided to wait like an extra year. So we weren't going to get married that following year, but had to postpone the following uh, summer, which would have been last June. So (laughs) Our original date was a June wedding, and then um, we pushed it another year. So July 15th was our new date, which is we were able to keep, and it was awesome. Uh, so that was awesome. But we actually eloped between then and last week. So 
Riley and I got married officially last May in Joshua Tree, just the two of us and our photographer. Um, and then we were finally able to have like our big party last week, which was so much fun. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were doing that. I mean, given like the current state of the world the last two years, there was so many people that had to wind up canceling their wedding. And I really felt for all of the brides just in our lifestyle because you already have such a limited time in the year to get married. I mean, even if you're in the NHL, like June is still a risky month. So you really just have like three months to be able to actually have a wedding, let alone everything with COVID and just everything continuing to get rescheduled and all of that stuff. Was that super frustrating for you? It was. And for us, there was the added layer of like being from the States and Canada with the borders. Like that was such a big issue too, because when we chose to elope, we were like, okay, well maybe let's just do a really small wedding. Um, Cause we know a lot of people who have done that too and really loved it. And that kind of would fit our personalities to just like shrink it and, you know, be done. But then we were like, well, we're not doing it if like my family can't be there. And he's like, I'm not doing it if my family can't be there. So then we're like, well, we can't do that either, which led us to really just being like, no one's coming except him and I, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, cause we can be there. Yeah, but it, it was frustrating. And I think, I guess disheartening would be a better way to say it because like, obviously everyone has had to pivot so many times for so many reasons around, you know, the past few years, but it was just like, for us too, we've been together for so long that like, by the time he proposed, everyone was like, finally. And then (laughs) last week, everyone was like, finally. (laughs) Yeah, about um, time. (laughs) Yeah. So with all, with all said and done, though, I think it turned out exactly how it was supposed to. And like, I wouldn't change a thing. I loved the opportunity to elope just him and I, because that was like a really special and intimate moment to share. Um, and then getting to kind of like do it all again in a, you know, guest friendly way really just focused on our guests and making it as fun as possible and like lighthearted and because we already had our emotional time so we could just kind of like make it really fun um and then there was no pressure on that day I always love when I see people's kids at their wedding because obviously once you have a kid that becomes the most important thing in your life and I always just even now having my son and just knowing how much we love him I'm always like I can't believe he wasn't at our wedding like it just is so weird so I think that's just so cute and so special that you guys have those memories and those photos that you guys can look back on so you're right like everything works out just the way it's supposed to be yeah another added layer for me as the bride like I I had like breastfeed him with my dress on (laughs) I just really had to adapt in that way um and that so our wedding night was the first time I like sent him away with a babysitter too that wasn't like my mom or his mom so that was like a big step for me as well and I was like preparing for it because it's not easy like I mean he's almost seven months and it's just been you know him and I and Riley, but for the first few months, not even Riley, you know, yeah. like with the, with the hockey season, like he was in and out. And so it's that bond is there and trusting him going with someone was really hard and to do it on the night of my wedding, I was like, he'll be okay. It's one night, but that was an added little challenge for sure. 
Oh my gosh, I can totally relate to that. I mean, I didn't even leave my son until he was a year and a half and I went to the retreat in Nashville. And at that point, I was kind of like, okay, I deserve like a break. I've been on for this long. But I mean, at seven months, I would have had a really hard time leaving. It's it's hard to just, you know, kind of just pass your baby off to someone and just trust that they're going to be able to know everything that they need. You know, it's kind of stressful. My my maid of honor, um, she is pregnant with her first. So she was kind of my like go-to the sitter would contact her if she needed help because she could obviously just drive over and then I don't have to be what didn't have to be checking my phone and like it ended up working out really great um and he was fine I thought it probably felt like a really good little break too (laughs) (laughs) everyone all of like we had another little celebration on Saturday just so we could actually spend some time with people and all of the older guests were like wow you didn't leave the dance floor and I was like that was my first time drinking. That was my first time dancing. That was my first time like being out. Yeah. So yeah, I was on the dance floor the whole time. Yeah, I'm going all out, you guys. You don't understand. Like yeah. I don't get this very often. That's actually interesting though about you guys being from different countries because I'm sure like not even wedding related, but like I know a lot of obviously in this lifestyle, like so many hockey players are Canadian and maybe they come play in the States, meet their significant other. And then, like, with COVID and everything, I know so many couples that weren't even allowed to, like, either they got stuck on other sides, like, or they weren't able to see their family for, like, two years. Did you guys experience that? Yeah. Yeah, to an extent. So, we were in Edmonton. He was playing in Edmonton um, when everything shut down. And luckily, I had just gotten back from a trip to Chicago. Um, It was right around my youngest sister's birthday. So, it just so happened that I... I'd come home and right when I got back, literally a week later, whoosh, everything shut down. So yes, I was stuck in Canada um, for a very long time. I don't think I saw my family for close to a year, which I know some people had it far worse, but um, we actually had just purchased a home in Huntsville, Ontario on the, a lake up there. So we had like the most amazing hideout oasis. But we couldn't share it with anyone. Like, it was, like, my dream home. And, like, I loved every second of it. But it still feels like this weird blip because um, we lived there for the height of the pandemic. And then we sold it because the market was wild. And we had a great, like, seller's opportunity. So, literally, not a single person from my family or, like, my group of friends came to that house. So, it feels like it didn't even happen. Such a bizarre, <laughs> bizarre experience. Um, and then to add on to that, he that was bu- the bubble summer, so the playoffs were in the bubble, and um, Edmonton made it to the first round that year, I think. And so Riley had to leave Huntsville, go back to the bubble in Edmonton, and so I was just like living in the woods of Ontario by myself <laughs> in the bubble because I couldn't go anywhere. So I was just like. Like, no one knew where I was. Like, it was complete isolation. Like, is there Wi-Fi there? Are we talking, like, that isolated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. But, um, so that was wild. And then on the tail end of that experience, we moved out of that house. Um, and I was just, like, living in a friend's home closer to where his family lived when he went to Buffalo for, like, a PT players try out so I was just like living in a stranger's home 
for a couple minutes. <laughs> Still stuck Standard. in Canada because I couldn't. I was like, I'm not going to Buffalo until you sign a contract or like make team or whatever. Because what if you end up going somewhere else? So it was just such a whirlwind. So was he able to come because he's Canadian? Is he able to come back at any time? But once you leave, like you could not come back in because you're not Canadian. Yeah, that was kind of the issue. So he he could go to the States, but he also needed a reason um, because at the time he was signed in Edmonton. So with the P1 visa or whatever, like they would have been like, well, why, why do you need to come here? So it wasn't like we could have just like shifted to Chicago for a while, like during the pandemic. It just, we were both kind of stuck on either side. Yeah. So I just stayed put because I was like, if, I go and can't come back like that stinks and it was hard because you obviously like I missed my family and it was obviously such a stressful time with so many unknowns if you think back to like that summer into that winter like man it was like scary and to not see your family and like hope that everyone's doing okay and it's such a crazy time to think back on now but yeah it was weird I know <laughs> I just felt for all the families that were stuck farther you know like at the end of the day I was a drive over the border um if something were to have happened but I really was like feeling for those people that were stuck overseas and you know in much farther circumstances well I think also just feeling like you can't go to like adds yeah. an extra stress of like and especially for you guys it's like well I might make a decision and then I'm actually gonna not you know, see my significant other for X amount of time, like that could happen. Yeah. And so there's like so much unknown. And it's kind of funny how the last two years have let happen. Cause I feel like it started, everyone was like, this is a joke. Like, this is so stupid. And then it got like, it just went downhill. And then it was like so yeah. serious for a long time. And now I feel like, you know, everyone's kind of coming out the other side, not to say it's not like serious and severe for some people because it is. But anyhow, COVID talk, I feel like. <laughs> can go on and on yeah it's endless yeah I know so what made you guys wind up deciding to live in Chicago both being from different places yeah well it's temporary this is like the hot question right now for us because we do have a family now and Riley's not far from you know hanging up the cleats and being done so we're we have to kind of think about that soon but it's tough like the close with our families we both really love where we're from um we chose to buy a condo here just because we knew we wanted to kind of have the city experience for a couple of years so Slater's young and we kind of have some freedom um and it's been so fun like we live in a really cool area but it's a two-bedroom condo it's not a forever home so we kind of have to figure that out soon and it's hard because one of us has to be and sacrifice from our people yet again yeah and I've told him like and I'm sure a lot of hockey significant others can relate like he's played for 10 seasons and for those 10 seasons I've been traveling home to my family like it's never like we've never played in Chicago so we've right. never been close you know so it's kind of hard because it's like I would love to just stay put here somewhere and have that luxury of like mom, can you come over for yes. a couple hours and watch kids later, you know? And, but he would love the same thing. And his family has also missed him for, you know, however long. Yeah. So 
it's a hot question. We we don't know yet, but I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to that one, especially if there's two countries involved. Uh, adds a little extra, a little extra challenge. But we have talked about perhaps just having like one school year residence of some sort, and then a summer like you know we loved our time on the lake, so maybe something mm-hmm. like that. Um, either way, so. It's hard. I don't know. We don't. Yeah, no, that's a nice idea. That is really hard. I feel like that's very relatable Um, because if you both love where you're living and you both have, you know, supportive families that you want to be by, it's like, how do we really Mm -hmm. decide this? Like, do you guys just have like frequent conversations about it or like, do you have, is it like something that is kind of a struggle and just a back and forth for a while and like, hopefully at some point you'll narrow something down or like what does that look like yeah I feel like we haven't we hadn't talked about it seriously for a long time because we were kind of like this is hard and when you're younger you're like oh we'll get there but now it's like this isn't too far off so we have had more conversations and we're just trying to figure out like how to do the most with our money when it comes to investing in properties and like homes and whatnot um which is a cool, you know, a cool problem to have. Um, but we're thinking about what's next and trying to make smart choices in that regard too, not just buy something to buy something. So um, it's, yeah, we're definitely having more serious conversations about it now, but it's, I think recently we were talking and I was like, can we just like pause? Cause we're not yeah, making any like, progress. I can actually really relate to that because we live in Idaho and we met here, but neither of us have family here. And I'm from San Diego, so I was actually down there like a month ago. And, you know, when we got back to Idaho, I just had a moment of like, why do we live here? Like, we don't have help. This is so hard. And when we are living overseas, I think for me, my feelings are amplified just because I'm not in my space of comfort. Um, But then we come back here and we still don't have help. So it can be really frustrating. And it's this really weird pull of like, you know, what do we want to do? Like, how does this work? How are we going to make this work long time, long term with no help? Um, but obviously California is just very unaffordable. So for us personally, like we just can't afford to live there at this point in our life, but it's definitely hard to, you know, not necessarily know where you want to settle down and plant roots. Well, in the way that you are used to, or that you're com- like, I'm sure you have a beautiful setup in Idaho and you could never replicate oh. that in oh my, oh no. the same investment. Like it's a real problem. It's yeah. a real thing. For yeah, sure. it's hard. I think a lot of people can relate to that too. And because you know, I would say pretty much there is probably a handful of people that, and I want to hear all about how you guys met too. But there's probably a handful of people that did meet maybe in yeah. high school or you know early on, or their husband came to and played yeah. juniors where they're from, and you know, like it, it kind of just worked out that way, but there's so many people that just met from completely yeah. different sides of the world, the country. And it's like, how do we like meet here so that we both feel like supported yeah. and yeah, it's a hard decision for sure. Yeah. I mean, like you said before, we're lucky that we have, you know, two places that we can right. drive in um, and have, you know, the families, good relationships on both sides. I've heard a lot girls in this life as well. So I feel really blessed to have like, you know, his family that I would love to be near and all that too. Um, We actually met in college. So we both went to Notre Dame. Um, I played soccer, he played hockey. 
and yeah, we just kind of met there and made it work. Um, I actually transferred to Colorado and he left to go play. Um, so he left Notre Dame early. I left Notre Dame to just transfer. Um, so we were doing long distance for, I would say like four or five years of our Oh my God, that was a long time. Cause it was, we were, yeah. Cause we were young. Like I was a sophomore in college. Like, so my sophomore fall, we started dating and then I still had two years of college to finish up and then had to go back for a semester. Cause I ended up going to play professionally in Chicago, like right out of college. And then, um, and then I stayed in Chicago to work cause I was like, I'm going to do my own thing for a little. And so then by the time <laughs> all of that was done and I finally, finally moved in with him. Um, yeah, we had been doing distance for a long time and for us, it worked. I think it was just like our opportunity to grow mm-hmm. separately while also, you know, building a relationship, but I don't miss that. Isn't at all. it funny to take yourself back into that bubble? I was like, I always say, I'm like, yeah. I was such a psycho. Like, I mean, it's just hard because it's like we like we met when we were really young. We met when I was in college and he was playing um, in the where I went to college, which is in Idaho. But uh, we were young. We were 21 years old, and like I didn't know, really know who I yeah. was at that age. And it's like just the communication oh, was no awful. Like, and then I would just be like raging upset like at all times and I'm like this is just not healthy for us to be like doing this long distance so but we only did it for probably two years but five years I'm like whenever I hear people say like anything like more than two years I'm like good for you guys because that's a long time yeah I mean luckily we were in a position where like I could go see him as much as possible where I went to school in Colorado was on um, what's called a block plan. So you're in, instead of like a semester of courses, it was one course at a time really intensively for three and a half weeks. So then at the end of that three and a half weeks, you have a long weekend before your next one starts. So I would just go every time, um, which was awesome. And then um, I was able to do like my thesis remotely. So I actually did my thesis in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I had the time again, doing things. But at that point, I didn't realize like I was just trying to hang out with him. I didn't realize like that those were huge, like life changing sacrifices I was making. Like I wouldn't change any of it, but I did miss out on like, you know, certain things that my classmates and peers were doing because I wanted to go be there like it's where I wanted to Mm -hmm. be but it's just like you don't even realize um the commitment (laughs) to this lifestyle that you're making until you look back sometimes it's like and then you wind up like having a kid and you're like wow I literally can't go anywhere and do these things now and I was just at a wedding this like a couple weekends ago and I was just saying that I'm like I would never change my life and I would never change just like the order of how things happened but it is hard Mm -hmm. sometimes when you see you know all your friends getting together and they're going to stagecoach and they're going to this and I'm like again I would never change it because I love my family but I'm also like wow I have it's like more than FOMO it's like did I miss like these big things or like I just feel left out even though I'm included like it's a weird like balancing yeah, act for sure and I don't think I think that's just part of 
motherhood in general I'm discovering like I think it can be amplified in this lifestyle because once you're in a playing city um girls the group does do things so often because it's such a huge part of the guys coming and going it's like the girls camaraderie it's like your support system when the guys are never home and for me this past season obviously I had my first child and and it was like still kind of COVID-y like you Mm -hmm. had to be pretty careful still this season um and yeah I definitely felt like even though I was always included and reached out to just so isolated because it's just this new responsibility that felt like only mine and that was you know part of the struggle too is that like Obviously, Riley is a great father and he's doing a wonderful job adjusting, but he just was not there for X, Y, Z, you know, like, and I had help. I had my mom for like the first three weeks of Slater's life and then his family came, but then I was Mm -hmm. by myself in a city that I don't know and trying to keep this baby and (laughs) dog alive like myself. And it just, it felt like a lot. And I know, obviously, even if, people listening to this aren't in the hockey world like it's no different I'm sure for a lot of people but it's aside from just feeling like you're missing out on stuff you're also just like feel like mm-hmm. separate for no reason totally. you're just like this window that you're looking I mean I still feel this way to an extent but just when you're first postpartum it's like you don't people want to help but it's almost this feeling of like I don't mm-hmm. want to burden them even though they're asking like can I help or can, you know, let, let me watch the baby Mm -hmm. or let me do this. It's like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I got it. Like I, I have it covered, even though you like deep down, like desperately want help. It's just like, it's really (laughs) just like hard and learning that and being alone and kind of going through that. I think in my, you know, personal life, like I'm the first of both of my friend groups from high school and college to have a baby. But I think what's helped gotten me through like, motherhood honestly is like the hockey community because I feel like so many people in this community have kids Mm -hmm. that that's been really helpful to me to like ask questions to and stuff because I'm like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't really have anyone to ask so right um but yeah it's a very isolating time and especially like you guys you know and you know we, we were too but it's you went to a new team for your first child so it's like it's brand new even though it's a community it's a brand new group of people yeah and no matter how sweet they are it's just like it's a learning for you Mm -hmm. too as a new mom it's like yeah I have people offering to help left and right but like I felt a responsibility to like be figuring things out myself too and I was like I don't want to figure out how to do this (laughs) this might sound really crazy but I'm sure some people can relate I want to figure out how to do this without help because I'm not going to have right. it all the time. So I, it's like this backwards, like psychoanalyst, whatever. But like, I was like, okay, I'm going to have situations where it is going to be like totally on me. So I need to learn how to do this mm-hmm. and be okay and take care of myself. And like, but then I like looking back on the first, like, you know, a couple months that I was doing that to myself, I'm like, Oh, like you didn't need like, you didn't need to be that hardcore, yeah. you know? So if anyone is going to be having their baby this fall or, you know, right when season starts, like just, you can, you can learn and accept yeah. a little more help. It's, it's, so there's a balance. I mean, and I was okay. I, luckily I didn't, um, 
I didn't suffer from any, you know, postpartum depression or anything like that. I, it's just hard, but um, I feel for those that have, you know, some of those conditions on top of just the struggles of, you know, this right. life-changing process. But, um, but yeah, Seattle was unique too because it was literally the first team. So no, there was no pre-existing anything. So um, lucky for me, I was the last one to have my baby. There were like four newborns, like insane. But I was, Slater was the last one of, there's four boys, which is so crazy. So a couple had theirs like right before the season started. And then at least I had other yeah. moms to, you know, what pediatrician are you going to? Or like, how did you right. like your doctor? Or like, how do you like your hospital? Um, so some of that was helpful, but they didn't know either. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> it, yeah. nobody, nobody, yeah, nobody had a familiar yeah. with the area. So do you feel like it's <laughs> made you like a stronger mom though? Like having gone through what you went through? Yes. Yes. Like I said, I, I have this like really strong sense of independence as a mom. Like I can do it. Like I know what he needs. I know what I need, but like we did it. We did it. And um, so now it's like an added bonus, obviously, to have Riley around this summer and like mm-hmm. let him experience not just like the struggles of trying to get Slater to take the bottle, but like the, like, the little yeah. moments that they just don't to be there long enough to experience sometimes. Like he'll catch a giggle or a smile or, you know, a funny thing. But it's like the tiny little moments that you have to be around all the time to to really appreciate and he's finally getting to experience some of that which makes it way more yes. fun for me too like obviously there's endless rewarding moments as a mom but to see like your partner get to like experience some of those like extremely mm-hmm. joyful little tiny nice. moments like, it's oh so gosh, fun yes, I, feel so, this, yes. I know I know. <laughs> yeah because I it's true and like they miss out on like for how much we have to do as you know, mothers of hockey wives, they miss out on so much that oh. I miss too. <laughs> it's so emotional. Yeah. It's like they, it's not like they have a choice sometimes, you know, and it's like, I don't know. It's easy for some people to kind of be like, oh, poor, those poor wives or like whatever, but poor yeah. wives too. Like it's their baby too. And it's, I'm sure a lot of them would rather be home, you know, soaking yeah. it all up. So I just want to shout out to all the Oh, I love that too. Too, like the first, you know, few months, the baby's so like, I want mom and like mom is like my source, you know, for everything. And it's, it only gets better and better. Like the stage you're at right now is such a fun stage and it literally gets better and better. And it's just so special to see like the bond as they get older too, because they're realizing now like, oh, I can make my baby laugh. And I you know, I get to like experience yeah. these things where I feel like at least like my husband felt pretty helpless the first few months. He's just like, I don't know like what to do. Yeah. And like, oh, he yeah. wants you and like, he wants the groove and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> on, you know, but like, and then it gets, it's, I mean, the whole thing is rewarding. It comes in waves of, you know, hard and everything, which yeah. is, you know, if you're Definitely. a mom listening, I'm sure you completely understand, but no, it's very rewarding. And I think too, even having a kid, like, my husband texts me more than ever when he's on the road, like, what's Crosby doing? He, like, send me a picture yeah. of him. And, like, I didn't get yeah. this kind of treatment when I it was just me and you. You're just, like, doing that. Now he's, like, 
tell me everything <laughs> yeah, yeah keep in exactly. tabs yeah no I know so cute oh man so, so where cute. were you guys like I guess tell me like a little bit about your hockey story so you guys were long distance for a while and then yeah. you finally yeah you know made the move to be together and like what does that look like like has it been a lot of movement have you had it pretty stable like what's your journey been like yeah so we've definitely been bobbing <laughs> around the last few years um he started his like pro career uh, with Detroit so he played for the AHL team the Griffins for like a full season and then he was up with um the wings and he spent about four or five years there. So that was like the bulk of his early career in Detroit. Um, and by the time I moved in with him, we bought a house, which is a curse, lady. <laughs> Don't buy a house in a city. Unless you want to live there in the off season. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> So we had this beautiful home in the suburbs of Detroit. Neither of us are from there. We're like immediately got traded. Oh, um, wow. I think we had it for maybe a year. We did the whole yard. It was perfect. And then boop, gone. Um, so we got traded to Pittsburgh from there. Um, so we kind of just left the house, went to Pittsburgh um, together and obviously going from a team that you've been on for, you know, several years to a new one is a big shift, but all the girls in Pittsburgh were so great and welcoming that that transition was actually very smooth. Looking back, I was obviously super intimidated. Um, pretty young. Was that from the AHL to the NHL, like for the no, first time? It was NHL to NHL, which luckily okay. would have been an even bigger, um, <laughs> bigger dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> But we ended up living downtown Pittsburgh, and I hadn't even, I didn't know a thing about Pittsburgh. I had to check where it was on the map. Um, like, I had no idea, and we loved it. It was great. We were there for, like, a season and a bit, and then we got traded again. Um, I literally picked up my dad from the airport um, so he could come see his first Penguins game, and we get home, and Riley comes out of my room, and he's like, uh, I just got traded to Florida. I got to go. Can you take me to the airport? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was just at the airport. I just looked at my dad and I was like, well, I guess uh, we're not going to go to the game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so he was in Florida for the rest of that season. So we call it, he was in Florida for a cup of coffee. He was literally there for like a month or two. I think that was his first summer um, as a free agent. So that was you know, our first experience truly not knowing where we were heading in the fall, which is a, quite the trip. Um, and that next team was Edmonton. So we signed Edmonton, I think, end of August. So we just figured it out and headed out there ASAP for preseason. The world shut down. That season ended. And um, <laughs> we had a we had a PTO with Buffalo in January because the season started like just such a wonky year. Um, so we ended up in Buffalo for that shortened condensed season. And then, um, so we were free agents before Buffalo again, and then after Buffalo free agent again, and that's how we ended up in Seattle last year. And now we're free agents again. <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. So for people that might not know, can you explain what being a free agent is? I guess I feel like most people know what that is, but so basically it's just like when you sign a one-year contract or when your contract completes. So for us, he's just been signing one-year contracts, just the way things have fallen. So you basically finish a season and then that team has your rights for X amount of time before free agency begins. And then it's basically a free for all for the rest of the summer until the following season starts of like who can scoop you up, offer you a contract or not offer you a contract. It's kind of just this like in between waiting period. Um, and it kind of has waves. Like I think, I mean, I think, Last weekend was the beginning of this free agency and it's like people just get swooped up in one big chunk and then they're mm-hmm. just like waiting to see. <laughs> yeah. Is that hard for your husband to like see that and not get a contract somewhere? Definitely. And that's one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on too about free agency. It's like as hard as, hard as it is as like the family like planner to not know like where we're going to live or like where to pack stuff up and send it to. It's also got to be so incredibly hard as the player to just be like, okay, like, am I really not you know, wanted or needed or um, like, where's my role? Cause he, like my husband is, he's a seasoned vet. Like he's going on his 11th, season in the NHL, like he obviously has a lot to bring to any team, but it's like, which team's the right fit this year and which one is going to see the value in <laughs> an old mm-hmm. player? The process of not knowing is hard on our entire family um, and it, like parents too, because where we end up obviously impacts them too. But as the person who is the commodity, it, it's got to be just like, so stressful and I think he does a very good job of managing it um and trying not to let it impact like our day-to-day life because this is also our time off together so it's like you have the elephant Mm -hmm. in the room often but at the same time it's like this is still our time to enjoy where we are and not think too far ahead and just trust that you know wherever we end up we'll make it work um we have in the past we know we can do it and it there's not a bad place to go, which I think is important to keep in mind too. Like when you think about the fact that like signing a contract anywhere is still such a, such an elite experience and something that so many people would love to do. You just got to kind of keep all those things in check. Yeah. I always tell my husband too, cause like we don't have a contract for next season. Um, like he's injured, so we can't even go anywhere. But, um, I'm like, it always works out. Like, even in, like, his moments where he's like, what if nothing happens? Like, what if I don't get a contract? I'm like, it always works out. Every year something happens where, you know, I, I and I understand the uncertainty. Like, it's, you know, you can't help but wonder. Like, with us, there's uh, the KHL. I don't know if you know anything about that, but that's in Russia. So a lot of these European teams are signing the players from there first, which puts a lot of people that have been playing in these top leagues, like out of jobs. I know a lot of people are stressed about that. And I think it's almost like a benefit to us actually that we're not able to go anywhere until October because that's when people start getting hurt and all of, you know, spots start opening up, but it always works out. And, you know, everything always 
happens. It's kind of cliche, but it just happens the way it's supposed to be. So like wherever you guys are supposed to go next year, like it will happen the way that it's supposed to. Definitely. And I think, like I said, it's just reminding yourself of that when it feels like crazy. Cause I know it's so, especially when I'm home um, and with my friends who are not in this lifestyle, like sometimes I'm like, damn, must be nice to like hang pictures on the wall and like, like this place is cool. Like our place in Chicago, we are making it home because we hope to hold on to it for a while, but we rented it out to friends that play in Chicago. Like it's still a space that's not completely ours. Like, so yeah. Which is it's hard. just one of those things though. I keep in perspective, like, yeah, okay. I'm at my best friend's house and I'm like, wow, must be nice to have a home where you can have a mm-hmm. nursery and like, out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I'm like, same time I'm like I have gotten to I've gotten the privilege of living in so many different cities that I never would have even traveled to. I've met so many amazing women and people. Um, I've had so many different opportunities that I never would have had. So it's just like, yeah, I keep saying it, but just like resetting your perspective sometimes because um, it it is like hard. It's there's no way around the fact that not knowing where you're going to live, especially adding a child to that. Um, and some people with multiple children in school, like that's just another level. And it's, it's a lot, but that's when you just hope the teams that you end up at have, you know, the resources and the people and asking for help and accepting help and accepting guidance, I think is one of the biggest words of advice I could give anybody that's, you know, doing it for the first time or like feeling apprehensive is just like, let people help you. And trust that mm-hmm. they have your best interests at heart because they have no reason not to, you know? And I think just being like, you know, mm-hmm. open to new people and new experiences. And I think in your typical world and relationships, you don't go out and tell them, like, I mean, it's like, I, I meet people in the hockey world and I'm like, having a deep heart to heart with them like the first time we hang out and we're yeah. exchanging like our hockey stories and like you know all that stuff and it's like you're not necessarily doing that with people that you're just you know a neighbor or like a friend or something and so it really expedites like your the depth in your relationships that's also like a positive because you can really get to know people and um I think it allows people to be be and feel close to you and want to help you and care about you. And when you're living this lifestyle, that's so isolated and it is a long time. Like we always find ourselves also saying, well, it's only eight months, but it's like, that's the majority of the year. And like, you want to have a circle that, you know, is supportive and two way street, you know, like you want to help them. They want to help you and you want to all just make it easier for each other because you know what it's like to be in the positions that, that we are put in sometimes. That's so funny you say that because we have that discussion every time. We're like, even when we're just trying to find like a place to land on, like when you're trying to pick an apartment or something and you have two weeks to figure it all out, you're like, well, it's like, it'll be fine. It's just for the season. And you're like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> this is like most of the year. Yeah. Maybe yeah. get comfortable, but um, yeah, it's so funny, like how you rationalize things. More stuff equals more stuff to pack and unpack. And I'm just like, yes, no thanks. Like, oh, we have a storage unit in, in Ontario. We have stuff in storage here. I'm just like, where is my stuff? I don't know. I don't want to add to 
Yeah. <laughs> Where'd that <laughs> shirt go? What's my Christmas tree? What city is my Christmas tree? Get another one. Cool. I have six Christmas trees now. <laughs> he loves Christmas. I can't blame him. He's like, let's get our decorations up. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe like your dad can bring the stand and the lights from, and he's like, Keisha, how's he going to bring those to Seattle? He's not going to drive from Ontario to Seattle just to bring our Christmas stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. We'll buy a new one. <laughs> we'll be able to put a Christmas tree in every single room of our house someday. With all the stuff we yeah, that's, that's the goal. Like a, we built, had someone build a storage unit on the side of our house. And that has been like a complete game changer. I think there was one season where we rented a storage unit and it was like two miles from our house. And it was honestly the most annoying thing ever because not only when you're in that like last minute, just chaos of trying to get all the shit you need for the season and just like packing your stuff up and it's like, we're driving like back and forth, like 20 miles, like not 20 is like not even that much. Like I swear like a hundred miles a day, just to drop the stuff off at the storage unit. So building that on the side of the house is so nice. Cause we literally just like go in our backyard and just put it in. And then we know, and then we've been doing Airbnb just kind of piggybacking off what you say about like, you're just not being able to totally make your house feel like home. That's been really hard because when I'm in it, I'm like, I want to like have stuff that I love everywhere but then my husband puts things in perspective and he's like, well, why would we spend a bunch of money on like this furniture that someone else just gets to you? Yeah. That's such a transient lifestyle. Like that's one thing I, we've been talking about the future and I'm just like, I just crave being somewhere where I can like so cheesy, but I want to mark Slater's height on the wall and not have a stranger look yeah. at it. It's like just little things that <laughs> I want to have like all of my yeah. baking tools and have them all when I need them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just little things that just will feel so good when you can finally yeah. I know. Maybe when we're fifty. <laughs> Christmas cookies year round with all of my Unless he goes into coaching, do you think he wants to do that or do you know like does he have any idea what he wants to do he when he does retire? And I like I mean, I would definitely pipe up. I don't see that working like with what I envision for our family, like coaching is still basically the same schedule, like more power to unless he was like diehard, like knew that was his calling and like was really good at it. I just don't think I'd be down for that. He actually mm -hmm. has been doing a lot of work in the mental health space the past couple of years and has his own podcast with um, one of his friends, Tyler Smith. And um, he's been doing a lot in that realm. And I think he'd love to continue to kind of bridge the gap for hockey specifically with this like macho stereotype, but like breaking down some of those barriers and focusing on mental health. Cause I mean, like I said, he's been in this lifestyle for a really long time and has seen a lot of people really suffer and not himself included and not like have the confidence or support so and tools. feel <laughs> and, and like express emotions and, it's not only just to enjoy the hockey experience more, but also like to not damage relationships and um, opportunities for yourself beyond by just like shutting down and like just becoming the robot that is so easy to become in this lifestyle that's expected. 
that has so mm -hmm. much expected from you. So I'm really proud of him for all of his stuff he's been doing with that. And I really hope and encourage him to continue to try to figure out how to make that part of his post career plan. Um, like I mentioned before, he's also interested in like real estate opportunities and kind of seeing how, how that can play out. Um, so yeah, he has some, he has some things going on moving forward. And I think that's how, you know, when they're kind of ready to be done too, is when they can kind of voice an excitement for what's next and not just like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to be without hockey or like what life's going to look like. It'll still be a hard trip. But right. having like a vision and like something to think about um, for after, I think it's really good. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's something that I really hope to see get, you know, more substantial in this community on teams. Um, I think even for wives, like it's a it's just a hard lifestyle in general. And I think having those resources are super important. And what's the name of his podcast? So I can um, plug it into the show notes if anyone wants to send it to their husband or Speak give it a listen themselves. Podcast, and it's powered by Torch Pro, which is okay. also a really cool company that Riley's part of. Um, it's basically like helping athletes um, utilize like their social media presence more effectively and like partnering with brands and things that actually represent them, not just money making, like Coca-Cola, like things that really align with who you are so that when you're done, you can have more mm -hmm. avenues of opportunities too. So Speak Your Mind podcast and Torch Pro are a couple of things that would be cool to check out for sure on his side of things. Awesome. And then you have a few things going on too, which, yeah, I'd love for you to share with everyone and I'll also include anything like so that in the I, show notes. I already told you how many times I have to move around and I never know which country I'm going to be in or whatever. So having a, you know, standard career has been really challenging for me. Um, so while we were in Buffalo, I finally got my personal training certification along with pre and postnatal training certification. Um, which obviously now I have the experience of having a baby and being postpartum. So Kind of like my yeah. niche right now is working with moms and um, new moms, but I started Vitality with Keisha a little over a year ago, which is just basically a catch-all of everything that I'm passionate about, nutrition, health, wellness. I do personal training virtually with a lot of people, which is really cool for me because I can do that from wherever the heck I end up. Um, now that I my baby is getting a little bit older. I'm hoping in whatever city we're in to do, you know, more in-person training and group stuff. And I have some plans for that, but yeah, it's yeah. Been fun and, and just letting it grow organically and kind of not putting a lot of pressure on it. And it's been, been great. So that would be really cool. Just, I'm like totally projecting something right now, but like for you and your husband to collaborate at some point and do some sort of cool, like mental and physical health event. I don't know. That just came to my mind for some reason, but I think that would be really That's cool. Been on our minds too. If we could combine like all the things that we're, you know, really like fiery and passionate about and to, you know, help people too, I think is one of our biggest callings post-hockey because we have lived such a privileged life that be able to like put our strength to use in a really effective way would be really, really cool. So we're hoping to do something along those lines in the future in some way. So 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so nice just getting to know you and been following you for so long. So it was nice to just meet, I guess, in real Likewise. life and, so and chat. I feel like it's so cool what you're doing and just connecting with, you know, women from all different. I mean, we have so much in common, no matter what like league you're in or what uh, level. It's just, it's all a grind. So the camaraderie, the camaraderie you bring to the yeah. space is awesome. So thanks for doing that.